There we go. So we're we're on the we're <laughs> live and we're on the on the uh, the the, the uh, on the recording. So um, we're in James chapter three, and we're going to pick it up in verse um, verse thirteen through eighteen, where it says, "Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy," selfish and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast about it or deny the truth such wisdom does not uh, come down from heaven but is earthly unspiritual and of the devil for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you will find disorder and every evil practice but wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure then peace-loving considerate submissive Full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. And that's where we're going to hopefully eventually get to uh, is the end of that. So here's my question to you. What's more important? Is, is, um, is knowledge more important or wisdom? Wisdom. Okay, wisdom. So how would you define knowledge and how would you define wisdom? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Okay. That's how All I right. define it. That, that's, a, that's a good definition. I have to keep uh, things simple what, for me. <laughs> you make it simple? Well, that's good because I need simple. Um, <laughs> someone defined knowledge as it enables us to take things apart, but wisdom enables us to put them together. And to be able to relate God's truth to daily life. You know, it's one thing to be able to explain it. It's another thing to be able to apply it and put it into practice. And I think that's one of the tough things about preachers and teachers is it's one thing to know a lot. But how do we apply it? And how do we help others apply it so that they can walk in a way that brings honor and glory to God? That's the, the part that I think is, is, uh, is a struggle and a tough thing to do. So, uh, uh, it's, it says, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but, uh, yeah. I just, there's a commentary on the side of my, uh, thing on Sondra and it said, so is, and I'll just abbreviate it. Is there a difference between wisdom and what it says here? Uh, wisdom from that is from above. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's Big definitely difference. wisdom above and wisdom below. There's wisdom that's godly wisdom and wisdom that's human wisdom. And human wisdom is not all that great all the time. Yeah, that's good. We're going to get into that. We're going to dig into that a little bit. <laughs> I, I want to talk, though, a little bit, just for a couple of seconds, though, about this idea of, um, of uh, bitter envy. Uh, in the new, a new American, it says that it's jealousy. Um, there's another... Uh, term that and, and in the Hebrew and even in the Greek for that matter it comes from the idea of being zealous and um, it, re it reminds me of, of the, the zealot paradigm of violent retaliation and claiming it to be religious and wise now you got to remember at this period of time the, the, the zealots are increasing in their in their attacks against Rome and uh, Roman oppression, and their call for 
for uh, Judah to revolt, for the Israelite, for the, the, the Jewish people to revolt against Rome. This is going to happen by the time we get to 70, well, by 60 AD, it's in full swing. By 70 AD, uh, the, the, the Jewish people have been crushed and, and the zealots have been put to the sword. But the issue here is this idea of, of wanting to be violent in our retaliation and claiming it to be righteous and wise. They get this from the Old Testament. They get this from a particular passage in the Old Testament. I want to just point out this to you because it's kind of fascinating. It comes out of Numbers. And if you want to turn there with me, it's Numbers uh, chapter 25 and verses 1 through 11. And what they're doing is they're taking an instance, they fancy themselves, if you will, successors or people who are following the path that Phineas did in Numbers. Now, Phineas is the grandson of Aaron. He's of the line of, of the priestly line of Aaron. And as usual, um, Israelites uh, obey God until they don't. And then they seem to go crazy, um, much like we do sometimes. So in Numbers chapter 25 and verses 1 and following, it says, While Israel was staying in Shittim, uh, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women. Now, you remember, the Moabites were, uh, that was a, a group that was supposed to be absolutely not touched, not have anything to do with Moab because of the way that Moab had treated uh, Israel. And so um, the, it says that they were in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to sacrifice their gods. The people ate and bowed down before their gods. And so Israel joined in the worship of Baal Peor. The Lord's anger burned against them. The Lord, that's Yahweh, there, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital B, said to Moses, take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. At this point, what's going on is there's a plague going through Israel because of this. And so, uh, so Moses said to Israel's judges, each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in the worship about Al Peor. And when the Israelite man, then an Israelite man brought to his family a Midianite woman. This is not Moabite, this is a Midianite. Right before the eyes of Moses, you can imagine parading her right in front of Moses, right in front of the assembly of Israel, as though he's, you know, uh, making a gesture. Uh, and making a grand gesture for before all of Israel and before God himself. And he says that uh, he, he, he put, brought this woman right before into his family's life, right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel, while they were weeping in the entrance of the tent of meeting, in, in basically the, the, the tabernacle. And then Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, again, remember I told you he was a grandson, the priest saw this. He left the assembly and took a spear in his hand. And he followed the Israelite into the tent. And he drove the spear through both of them, through the Israelite and into the woman's body. And then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. And the Lord said to Moses, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, 
the priest has turned my anger away from Israel, the Israelites, for he was as zealous, another term would be as jealous as I am for my honor among them. And so in my zeal, I did not put an end to them. Phineas is so upset that he takes the spear and he runs it through both the guy and the gal at the same time. I don't know if they were standing or lying down. We're not told, but I almost envisioned it was lying down, but I don't know that for a fact. It says in Numbers uh, 25, verse 11, you heard that. He says that, that he is uh, he's as zealous as I am for my honor. In Psalm 106, verses 30 and 31, it says this, that Phineas stood up uh, and intervened, and the plague was checked. And this was credited to him as righteousness for endless generations to come. You can see how the, the zealots would go, well, it was good enough for Phineas. Why don't we practice the same thing? And, and so that's kind of what's going on. It's kind of the backstory here with this idea of, of human wisdom uh, being involved in this. And the Maccabees, who sought to liberate the Jewish Palestine from Rome by force of arms, uh, this was both what happened in the Maccabees' time, and which they were not fighting Rome, by the way, they were fighting uh, uh, Syria. Uh, but then in, in, the, in the later times, uh, they were, came under the influence of Rome, and they were deciding they were going to throw Rome off and uh, declare themselves, much like the Maccabees did, a... a uh, a kingdom of uh, run by a priest, if possible. So um, this is the area that they're going, and he's talking about this. Uh, James is, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> and he uses this as a couple of things. I love this. He talks about wise and understanding in verse thirteen. He has this idea of objective truth that God is gracious. And the subjective application of it is that the wise humble themselves into obedience. It's one thing to admit that God's gracious. It's another thing to be, to apply that to ourselves and say, I need to be humble before God. Wisdom knows what, uh, knows the good and knows how to do good. So you can identify good and then you also practice it. Uh, understanding has, uh, is, uh, has seen how good wisdom in action is and knows why wisdom is good and understanding knows uh, why wisdom is good at, in its uh, well-doing because it has seen how good wisdom is in its effect on others. You know, um, we've heard that said that faith without works, uh, without good works is uh, a life of evil deeds. Faith without works is dead. Wisdom then concerns that should be the conduct of our life is how we apply what we know, and do we apply it correctly? <coughs> um, hey Val, question. Yeah. Uh, regarding jealousy, I mean, we're told here that uh, jealousy is not God's kind of wisdom, but jealousy seems to be a characteristic of God when you look. Yeah, at that's it. a good. That's a good point. What do you think about that? I don't know. <laughs> it's a little confusing. <laughs> uh, so I think we're. Go ahead. I definitely think we're uh, in his image. I think yeah. we're all jealous. You know, we all get that piece of it. 
So is there a good kind of jealousy and a bad kind of jealousy? They respond, uh, depends on your response, right? Okay. All right. So is, is God, does God ever sin? No. Okay. So then no. might, and if God is jealous about his reputation, then there must be a, a good part of that. Can we, should we be jealous or zealous about his reputation or ours? I think, isn't it, don't you think the better substitution word would be respect? Yeah. God, yeah. God like, looks for respect. All right. That's a good like we Like we use the word fear. Exactly. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. That's good. I like that. What else? Well, but the Bible uses the word jealous. I mean, where is God when it says in his first person, I'm a jealous God? Yes, he does. So there seems to be an aspect of jealousy that is blessed. He doesn't like to share think, his glory. Well, right. yeah, I don't. I, I think he doesn't like it when we turn away from him. I, yeah, yes, sure that's it. I, yeah. You know, he gave us free will. And because of that, we do whatever we please at times when we're apart from God. And he's the creator. And remember, it says in James, you know, whether it, it be bad, we don't curse what he's created, regardless of the situation. And he gets jealous because it, it's simple. He, he gave us free will. He's hoping we choose him. And at times he can't believe the things that we come up with in our mind and the evil that we continue to follow uh, in not following him. And, and that's where his anger comes. I, and I understand that, uh, you know, because of free will. Yeah, there's a, there's a sense to which God is does not like to share the glory. Remember, I told you that Jack Hayford, <clears throat> I love this when he said this. I, I heard him say this years and years ago. He says, you don't touch the gold, you don't touch the curls, and you don't touch the glory. And so often, uh, in talking about pastors is what he used to say, uh, so often we claim for ourselves God's glory. And, and God is a jealous guy. He doesn't like to share his glory unless so, it shines, unless it reflects on him. You know, the glory that we take, if it reflects his glory, then we're okay. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so tying back a little bit to James, what do you do when somebody calls you wise? I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i, I know I, that. Know the Some, truth. <laughs> I know but i mean you gotta you know how, how do you uh you gotta be humble right you gotta be humble yeah and yeah and, and we all know that you don't look to me apparently for lessons on humility <laughs> <laughs> I, I for you i look on lessons on patience and i appreciate uh, that uh, <laughs> Well, I'm not very uh, patient either. I try to be, but I'm not. Don't do this. Is, that. The way we have to... Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you look at 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. You look at, we are vessels. And <laughs> everyone wants to put so much credence on, uh, maybe that's not the word I want, but so much power on an individual and how he lives his life and everything else. But we're slaves to the Lord. Yeah. And if we believe what Paul is saying, you know, the wisdom comes from the word. 
Um, I'm only following it. I'm just a vessel being used. And that is half of the reason why divine healing in some doesn't work as well, because we just don't realize that it's God's wisdom. It's not my wisdom. I'm only choosing to follow it so that I can be in chains with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and his grace is sufficient, whatever the calls that come at me or the, the trials and tribulations. And we just, we don't realize when we are of God's calling that it's all his, it's not mine. Nothing I do is mine. If I'm following him. The other thing, that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. One, one comment, just I, when I was looking at this before and maybe a different teaching I had it that if you look at, he's got two names in there, but the one name that struck out with, and I got a definition was Kosbit, was the daughter of Zur, And that means edge of deception. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, we can all be slowly taken through a process of being deceived, mm-hmm. but there's a starting point of that, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what was really, kind of struck me at the time about that because that was removed right away to try to help. So, you know, that's good. Just a simple point, you know, just a point. You know, as, as I've thought about this and and played around in my mind with the idea of wisdom, I I think, and, and Gary, I hope that uh, on Thursday, we're going to try to explore this idea of of, uh, jealousy a little better. I'm going to do a little digging between now and then, so I can try to come up with a, a better, hopefully a more a more, uh, a, a more elegant answer for you. How's that? Um, but um, um, and I got to make a note because if I don't, I'll forget. Well, isn't, I, I currently reach that point. God, in my life. Isn't God jealous because we're not placing Him first in our lives? Yeah, which which comes back to giving him the glory that he deserves. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. You're right. You're but, right. But remember, the Old Testament is in the New Testament. How is that? The Old Testament's in the New Testament re- revealed, and the New Testament's in the Old Testament's concealed. So yep. somehow we weren't able to do this without somebody helping us even obtain that. I think that's the whole point. And, that's good. Uh, I like that. I like that. I'm gonna have to steal that. You can. You can steal it. <laughs> okay. Thanks. I'm sure I've stole it from somebody, so don't feel bad. <laughs> I've said it about probably twenty five thousand times. So I'm sure I've stole it from somebody. Well, if you've sold it twenty five thousand times, it is definitely yours. Because again, oh, I yeah. told you about the fact that my friend Jim, uh, at, at another it, over in Illinois, tells me all the time that if I use it three times, it's mine. So that's what I'm doing. I'm claiming that I'm is, is mine after I've used it three times. Anyway, we're getting back to wisdom. This idea of wisdom, I, as I've thought about it, I've come to, to a, a conclusion, and I, I hope I'm right on this. I think that wisdom in our life as believers is cyclical. And, and by this, I simply mean this. Wisdom, um, wisdom entails understanding which entails the demonstration of wisdom in a good life, which entails or requires for us to produce humble deeds, which entail wisdom. And then once that happens, it starts over again. 
And I think it's it's a cycle of increasing virtue that continues throughout our lifetime. We learn to become more wise. You know, it says that, that knowledge is the beginning of wisdom. And, and, and wisdom is one of the things of wisdom, according to the Psalms, is what? The fear of God. Now, not the trembling fear that I'm going to get beat up or, or I'm going to be uh, uh, whipped, but the idea of acknowledging him and respecting him and honoring him. And I'm wondering if we look at jealousy, we might not find a similar uh, thought process there, uh, Gary, but we'll, we'll, we'll check it out and see if that comes to fruition. But I think the idea of wisdom being a cycle where we learn wisdom, we apply it, and after we apply it, we gain uh, another, another ability to be a little more virtuous, and then we hope that that continues on. And, and recycles itself. So think of it like you're you're building a you're climbing a mountain, and uh, and as you do so, you're going to find that occasionally you reach a plateau, you get to take a breath, and then you start climbing again. All right, let's just take a look at some of these wonderful words here. We've got this idea of envy, envy. Don't you love envy? It says here that uh, you, 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 if, if you harbor bitter envy, envy is, again, the idea of, of uh, jealousy, if you will. It has the, the concept of uh, promoting yourself. Um, you're as good as other candidates, maybe better, and you want everyone to know it. It's the whole idea of the squeaky wheel getting the grease, you know, the louder it squeaks, the more grease you put on it. And isn't that true that a great deal of selfish uh, promotion uh, happens among God's people as well? I cannot tell you how interesting it is to be around pastors in their own element, just with other pastors. Because one of the things you're going to ask is, how's it going? Yeah. How many people are attending your church? Church. <laughs> How many conversions can you number and how many baptisms? Oh, and then the last thing, how's the, how's the offerings going? Uh. <laughs> Those are the things that we are, that inevitably you walk in with a group of pastors and somebody's going <laughs> to brag about how great their, their stuff is. And if they brag about it, well, then you got to figure out how to brag about your situation too. Really? You guys really do that? Yeah, unfortunately, yes, a lot of guys do. In case you were wondering, we're human. <laughs> we have feet of clay, my friend. We have feet of clay. Do you do it like on a on a per person basis? You give attendance, and so that you got a you know an even playing field, or? Well, you just want to be able to one up the guy, you know, or or let oh. him know that your things are going well with you, you know, because you know you're looking. It's the same thing in business. Yeah. You know? same, thing, same thing in anything. Oh, sure. We all yeah. want to be successful. You want to be, there's a or, point. Or you, want, or you want to make sure that, that your misery has been spread around to everybody else. <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, well, a year, a year ago, um, yeah, 2020, uh, we took a big hit. Took a big hit in 2019, too, for that matter. But we took this hit, and um, 
I was reading an, uh, reading an article on in in our business association, and it, it told it said that the the average business in our industry uh, had a nineteen percent decrease in our business. You know what? I felt pretty good about myself because suddenly. I could brag about the fact that, yeah, I only took a 20% hit. I'm right on target. I, I'm as average as the next guy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was out at a conference talking to, to guys. What were we talking about? Well, how good or how bad our business was. And we were, you know, well, at least mine isn't as bad as, as uh, you know, old Joe over there. He, he took a 50% hit. You know, I only took 20 Um why? Because we want to brag about what, you know, we're doing well, we're doing okay. And I think that the issue then is, do we, bra- you know, when we boast, what do we boast about and who do we boast about? It should be God. Isn't that what Paul says? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to boast, let me boast in this. Yeah, because he, all the things he had, he could have boasted and we didn't, couldn't boast in any of them. Yeah, yeah. And my problem is so often I have to remind myself constantly. I go into a situation, I don't need to be boasting about what I've done or haven't done because it's all God actually that's done it, you know. Yeah, we've we've expressed a need, and yes, many times you guys have responded to that need in amazing ways, and we've seen great things happen uh, because of that, but it's all God's doing, it's not mine. It's not any of ours. It's all about God. And when I start taking glory for God's what God has done, I'm in danger of being taken, if not at least to the woodshed, to, at least to be put on the sidelines, maybe. Who knows? A little bit, you know? Get your act together, Val. Get your act together. So is our zeal for the Lord spiritual or carnal? Could it be that there's a possibility that our zeal for the Lord is carnal? Do, do we enjoy others who succeed or do we have secret envy and criticism of them? I, I see someone who, who I think is getting ahead. And I said this recently to a friend. I, I look at that and I go, I don't understand I don't understand God using them. I look at them and I think there's so much that they have yet to learn, that they've yet to apply. How is it that God is using them and not me? Yeah. Their gifts are different. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) But, you know, it it bothers it. it, And so my zeal for, for the Lord in wanting to do more, I have to watch out. Am I doing it as a spiritual desire or as a carnal desire? It's not fair that they're getting ahead. It's not fair that they get what what I've always wanted or is think it, I want. Is it something that, like, you know, we want to really please the Lord? We want to say we are the good child. You know, we want to live that. And when he uses somebody else that you know you can do it the same job or better or whatever, yeah, you get jealous. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't, verse, doesn't verse 17 tell us whether or not your wisdom is pr- properly focused? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get there. Probably not today, the way things are going. 
<laughs> um, but you're absolutely right, Tom. That's the that's the key, and I, I have to constantly remind myself of that. By the way, again, I hate the Book of James. Just want to let you guys know. I, <laughs> I'm going record right here in case you haven't figured it out, because I constantly get my my feelings hurt. I get my ego stomped on. I, I get pointed out again and again that I have a problem with, with humility. Is, is, if everything is God's, isn't wisdom God's also? Yeah, but if I choose to apply it or not, I think that's probably on me. Well, oh yeah, but uh, does that make you wise if you apply wisdom or if you do it in a... I'm just, I'm just wondering, we, we claim we're wise or somebody suggests we're wise. We're not really wise. It's, it's God. Yeah. It's his, it's, you know. Well, let me... Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, and and so, but it all comes back to this: Are we humbly submitting to God and allowing Him to do what He wants? Let Him, you know, God's got a plan for my life. The problem is that His plan and my plan sometimes just don't seem to coincide the way I'd like for them to. If He just listened to me, I keep telling Him, if He just listened to me, He'd find out just how smart I really am. Yeah. Yeah. Look at look at another word here. We're we're not going to get much further. We'll get we'll get through this and maybe another word or two. It's strife. Strife in in uh, in uh, verse fourteen. I love this because you know what the word means. It means party spirit, and I don't mean by this that we we party. I'm talking about in the Greek. It has to do with the idea of politicians who are out there scrounging for votes. The idea of having, are you part of the party? Are you, uh, are you if you're in the Congress, are you siding with, the, with your party or are you going to vote against your party? Are you going to tow the company line or not? You know, it's a lot easier if you tow the company line. The worldly wisdom says, get all the support you can. Ask the people in the church if they are for you or against you. Of course, this, the problem with this is that this is self-seeking glory. And what happens is it creates rivalry and division within the church. Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than, or at least more important than themselves. I have to constantly remind myself of that. It's easy for me to look at somebody who has similar gifts and go, why them? Why not me? Well, probably because I wouldn't do so well if I was given the responsibility that they have. And the thing is, is if God's getting the glory, what do I care? I just need to be doing what's going to give God glory. So let's figure out that I need to be lowly of mind. And I need to esteem others in a better light than I do at times. Boasting. Pride loves to boast. Nothing is prouder than the wisdom of man because I'm so smart. There's a way to, to report blessings so that God gets the glory. And there's also an approach that gives man the praise. Hmm. When you do that, when you boast, 
are you boasting in a way that makes it appear that you're the good guy or that God's the good guy? Who gets the glory? How often do we boast and we do prayer, we do praises, but we're really praising ourselves, not praising God. Oh, we put it, we put it in the right words, but the reality is that it's all about us and not about God. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 12. I'm going to read out of the Phillips uh, translation. It says, of course, we don't dare to include ourselves in the same class as those who write their own testimonials or even to compare ourselves to them. All they are doing, of course, is to measure themselves by their own standards or by comparisons within their own circle. And that doesn't make for accurate estimation, you may be sure. How often do I write testimonials that praise me versus praising what God has done? I know it sounds funny when we put try to push all the praise onto God, but isn't that what God wants us to do? When godly, when godly wisdom is at work, there's a sense of humility and submission that you want God to get all the glory and not you. Boy, that's what I strive for. And I fall so short sometimes. Because I want people to think well of me. Yeah, we're all trapped in that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I wish I could take myself off that list, but I don't think it's going to happen. Baby steps, Val, baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they made a movie about it. A guy who wrote a book about that. Yeah. But what about I think I'm, Yeah, I don't think I live in those. <laughs> well, the another word there is deceit. And this means to lie not against the truth. Um, for you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to look at this as a progression. First, we have selfish ambition, and that leads to a party spirit and then to rivalry. And in order to win the election, we must resort to boasting. And boasting usually involves shading of the truth, shall we say. You know, to make sure that everyone understands that we're putting a little bit of truth in there, but it involves lies. You know, if, if this if is this always, a political discussion? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it happens in churches too. We <laughs> try to put ourselves, you know, in the in the right light. You know, if if all we were to do was read our press releases. Uh, <laughs> Who's writing them? Well, yeah, yeah. Either yeah. Our, our friends or our opponents. But instead, Fox or CNN. There you go. There you go. Yeah, uh, how would God write my press release? How would and how does God read your your heart to mm. write your press release? God knows your motives. God knows my motives. Yeah, I wish he would have the, the 10,000 foot view instead of the, the one real tight one. Yeah, I think he understands me a whole lot better than I want him to. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing can be hidden from him. What does it say in, in Psalm 139? Whether I go to the highest point or the lowest point, you're still there. 
whether I even go down in the shield, you're there. And I can't get away from him. He knows everything about me. And sometimes we, we end up deceiving ourselves because we end up reading our own press releases. Somebody made the point, though, one time they said, you know, how can you not give yourself to somebody that cares for you more than anything else in the world? He, he, you know what I'm saying? He cares for you yeah. beyond all measure. In other yeah. words, if I thought Val cared for me beyond all measure, why would I not submit to him? You know what I'm saying? But we oh, do that all the time. I know, you're I'm just saying, we, we don't do that. There's a part of us that kind of, that's what I'm saying. We look at, the, we read this. All it's basically showing us is that there's still issues in our lives that need to be addressed. Yeah. And how are they addressed? By faith that God will resolve those. That's our hope. Yep. That's, that's, and come, the other thing, you won't really know what your story is written until you get out of here. We're not George Bailey. <laughs> 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 you know. That sees his story after he's gone. That, that's a different religion, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He talks about angels, so who knows? That's right. well, I, I, met, I met reincarnation or whatever. Oh, yeah, other yeah, side yeah. Of stuff, yeah. So uh, let me just end with this passage. It's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. It says, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. I, I long for him to praise. I long for, I, wouldn't it be awesome when you slip into eternity, you come before God and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. And too often I'm afraid when I get there, he's going to say, well, I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. What were you doing? What were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> I think I think he allows us to say that to ourselves. Well, I think occasionally he reminds me that I've got a long way to go. Oh, yeah, but he he doesn't do it without grace, right? Yes, he is loving, and when he does it, mm -hmm. and here's the part that we've talked about this in the past. So it's, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It isn't his wrath. It's his kindness. And I'll stop with that today. We'll come, we'll pick this up next Tuesday. We'll discuss some of this on Thursday and hopefully discuss a little bit about what jealousy is and God's jealousy versus man's jealousy. See you guys. <laughs>